United Lutheran Seminary presents the Seminary Explores podcast, conversations on faith, art, people, politics, theology, life, and more, with voices from around the corner and around the globe. Welcome to the Seminary Explores. My name is Nelson Strobert, and today my guest is uh, Dr. Norma Everest, who is the distinguished professor of church and ministry emerita emerita at Wartburg Theological Seminary. Welcome to the Seminary Explorers. Thank you. Right. Well, I'm going to get right into our conversation, uh, and I'm going to ask you the first question. Uh, Some people say, I'm not political. What do you think about that? How do our belief systems undergird our actions or inactions in a pluralistic world? People say to me, I don't pay much attention to politics. However, each one of us is a political person in the decisions we make every day. We need lifelong religious education so that we can act in the public world wisely. Complacency results in complicity with the forces that would destroy justice and equality for all. What products do you buy? Does their manufacturer contribute to oppressing people or to treating them fairly? Who do you support for people to serve on your public school board? Do you vote in school board elections? Will the board courageously make decisions for the sake of young people of all economic classes and ethnicities and those who are differently abled? We live in a democracy, but it is fragile. Through keeping many people from voting and limiting those whose votes count, continues the movement of their insurrection, making violence the norm we become discouraged and tempted to become cynical. However, civil political engagement is essential. We need educated citizens. Let us be aware, listen, learn, and ready to work with one another. Our actions are based on our belief systems. In whom or what do I fear, love, and trust above all things? Perhaps it's a specific leader. Now, to admire is one thing, but to believe he or she will save me is idolatry. That leads to autocracy and not democracy. If we believe that America is God's chosen nation, Then we think God loves us best because we are good and those people are bad. We fear those people are taking over our country and work to retain white supremacy. If we love money above all things, we treat those without opportunities as of less worth, perhaps blaming them for being poor. Fair competition can be healthy but winning at any cost is not life's purpose. Do we think we need to not only win, but to humiliate the opponent? Believing in me and my satisfaction leads to seeing my own comfort with art regard for my neighbor. However, religious education in belief systems of justice, courage, and care lead to actions of kindness, 
sacrificial giving, and courageous endeavors for the sake of the world. To be such people requires trust in the unconditional love of a God of grace. Okay, thank you. Um, I'd like to ask you next, what does the U.S. Constitution say about the separation of religion and government, church and state? What is Christian nationalism? Why is education so essential? The First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution begins, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Thus, the separation of church and state, also called the separation of religion and government. Christian nationalism seeks to merge a certain kind of Christianity and belief in America as God's chosen people. We need to be educated in what Christian nationalism is. It wraps the cross in the flag of the United States. In this epiphany season, Christians remember that Christ came for all people, not just Christians in this nation. People of all faiths and none have the right and responsibility to engage to engage constructively in the public square. Christian nationalism expressed Christianity to be privileged by the state and implies that to be a good American, one must be a certain kind of Christian and have a certain kind of politics. <clears throat> Christian nationalism marginalizes many religion. It supports white supremacy and racial subjugation. Now, for centuries, Blacks whose ancestors were brought here as slaves were excluded from the ecclesiology of American civil religion, Christian nationalism. So the church became the center of their lives and the heart of freedom movements. People of many faiths need to be included in the preamble to the U.S. Constitution, we the people. A clear institutional separation of religion and government allows for and indeed encourages functional interaction. Leaders of faith communities should not tell people how to vote, but should encourage them to vote and to be educated citizens. To say, I'm not political, I will remain neutral, is not neutral. That's an action. Elie Wiesel said, neutrality helps the oppressor, never the victim. Silence helps the tormentor, never the tormented. Our faith tells us all people are created as persons of worth. Therefore, we need to work towards all people having the right and accessibility to vote. Functional interaction will include opposing views. Dysfunctional interaction occurs when people want only to see the other side lose. Public community education is essential for an inclusive, educated population. Because the Christian faith recognizes sin and the importance of repentance, we are able to recognize the wrongs in society and our history. 
African-Americans are not just another immigrant group, but people whose ancestors were brought here as slaves. We need to be able to see that. Indigenous people have been in this land for thousands of years and should not be reduced to mascots. Pressure is on today to not teach the full truth of the history of the United States, lest we make, quote, white people feel uncomfortable or guilty. So what about the experiences of oppressed people of color? We can teach the truth of our history and repent. We need to teach about systemic racism so that youth can understand and grow into views that are inclusive. We need to provide safe, trustworthy places, including public schools, that do not ignore religion. Public schools should teach students about the many religions in the world and this country. Public schools are essential. Privatization under the guise of parental choice can divide this nation even further. And within houses of worship of various religious tradition, strong religious education is needed. These are places for children, youth, and adults of all ages to learn about their own faith so they can be less fearful and more open to learn about people of many faiths. Okay, thank you. Uh, moving right along, I'm gonna, uh, the next question I have for you is, we are in the season of Epiphany. We recently passed the first year anniversary of the insurrection on the U.S. Capitol. What do you think about the divisions within our society? January 6th was a notable day before 2020. It was and is Epiphany. For Christian, it marks the visit of the Magi. The gospel is for the Gentiles and for the whole world. How ironic that this day to celebrate light to the nations because of the insurrection is now seen by the world as a day of violence and a threat to democracies in many nations. <clears throat> the insurrection is not over. Conspiracy theories about the big steal in the 2020 presidential election have grown. 19 states have passed laws to suppress and subvert voting. Over 400 new laws have been introduced in states across the nation. But neither is Epiphany over. The season of Epiphany lasts until the first Sunday in Lent. Epiphany continues to be a call to be a light to the nations. Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee said on January 6th, let the light shine. At the U.S. Capitol, January 6, 2022, Speaker Nancy Pelosi invited chaplains to lead prayers in the chamber and at nightfall a vigil on the candlelit steps in front of the Capitol. Some people say Congress is broken, but that's too vague. We need to have a trustworthy environment to discuss difficult issues. 
We also need to acknowledge that the former president's claims that he won the 2020 election is a big lie, a lie that many people still believe, and truth has become a casualty. <clears throat> Bullying and death threats against members of Congress and election officials continue. <clears throat> Suppressing the vote is unjust giving partisan people the power to count the vote, to change the vote, to overturn an election is a serious threat to this nation. On this January 6th, half of the members of Congress stayed away from the memorial event saying that they wanted to move on to more important issues that bring us together. Is it because they fear what the former president might do to them? or fear that people of cover, color might take over a white supremacist nation. One doesn't bring a divided nation together by ignoring an attack on the Capitol, the insurrection which nearly destroyed our democracy. This is an important issue. To look the other way is not only to ignore but also to place our faith in Christian nationalism, believing that our democracy cannot fail because we're God's chosen people. To bring a divided people together, we need to create an environment that welcomes all people and where we can listen and learn from one another. I remember participating in the Iowa caucuses a few years ago. Our precinct met at Wartburg Theological Seminary where I was a professor. We invited our international students to be observers. They were amazed that we could have an election system which was participatory and that assured a peaceful transfer of power. What would these observers be thinking today? In the United States, are we going to accept political violence as the norm? Are we going to become a country only of winners and losers? If you succeed, I fail. If you get ahead, I fall behind. If I hold you down, I somehow lift myself up. We must deal with these questions if we are to be a diverse, united country. If you want to destroy a democracy, the first thing you do is turn people of that country against each other. The second is to work to have people deny the validity of the election. Soon you have a contagion of conspiracies. On the first anniversary of the insurrection, I heard speaker after speaker give thanks to and for the courage of Capitol Police. Washington DC police and National Guard units who prevented the insurrection from being a success. Also remembered was the courage of then Vice President Pence and Speaker Pelosi, along with senators and representatives to continue to formally count and certify the votes of the Electoral College. Senator Tim Kaine talked about January 6th as also being epiphany for Christians. Epiphany is a time to see the light and then do something to help bring people together. 
January 6th is not behind us. This is not the time to create community around QAnon beliefs. One man who invited the Capitol was a true believer in QAnon, saying afterwards he wanted to belong and be part of the action. Well, this is also not a, say, a time to say I'm not political and to opt out. People long to be part of a believing community. There are alternative communities, but this is also a very challenging time to be church, an important time to be church in the world. We have to work together. This country needs the John Lewis Voting Rights Act and the Right to Vote Act. We need epiphany light in order to be vigilant and to work to build trust and political environments to be different together. Okay, thank you. Um, on that note, how can we set a trustworthy environment to be different together? In order to hold different ideas and live together in healthy ways, we need to set and maintain educational environments that are safe, trustworthy, and hospitable. Safe, physically and emotionally. Trustworthy, leaders building trust among the participants. Hospitable, open to all people and their ideas. With trust and respect, we can be different together. There is the potential for conversation about the most difficult, important issues, the climate crisis, guns, vaccinations, immigration, war and diplomacy. If the learning environment is not trustworthy, people may argue even about the choice of the color of the carpet. How can we set trustworthy in education groups in the congregation as a whole and also in small groups? Parker Palmer, in his classic book, The Company of Strangers, performs the importance of receiving the stranger as stranger, allowing differences to exist while we learn how to live together. If we envision the public political world as nothing more than a battleground between divergent self-interests, it becomes that. The work of the church is to carry out the word work of reconciliation, which is a gift of Jesus Christ's cross and resurrection. To listen and learn from each other, even while the other's view may seem strange, this is what we can do. First, ask another person, it's difficult for me to understand how you think. And then, how, how did you come to believe that way? Then we can say, I appreciate your saying that. Here is what I think on that subject. And then, what other views do those of us in this group hold? Okay, thank you. Um, my next question and, and final <laughs> inquiry is, what is the church's vocation in these challenging times in the public world? While I was living in New Haven, Connecticut, Besides teaching part-time at Yale Divinity School, I also taught world religions at a local high school. I wondered how I could help students be willing and able to learn about the beliefs of others. 
I assumed that those who did not belong to a faith community would be more open. And I was wrong. It was Mary Martha, the faithful Roman Catholic girl, and Josh, a practicing Jewish boy, who were most open. The students who were uncertain about their beliefs were most fearful of the faith and beliefs of others. Those who were deeply rooted in their faith were able to listen and learn about the beliefs of others. That's the paradox of pluralism. We can learn from each other when we are not afraid and when we do not threaten the other. What does it mean to be a Muslim in America? What does it mean to be a Jew in America? What does it mean to be Hindu or Buddhist? What does it mean to be a Christian in America? We can and we must establish trustworthy places to be different together so that we are able to speak from our faith in the public pluralistic world. Wow, thank you so much for your thoughtful responses to those questions um, as we begin uh, a new year, 2022. So I, 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 I thank you for being our guest this time. And thank you, Nelson. It was a delight. Oh, great, great. Um, I'm Nelson Strobert and my, uh, for the Seminary Explorers, and my guest today has been the Reverend Dr. Norma Cook Everest, Distinguished Professor of Church and Ministry Emerita, Wartburg Theological Seminary. For the Seminary Explorers, Nelson Strobert saying, have a good day. Goodbye. You have been listening to The Seminary Explores, a production of United Lutheran Seminary with campuses in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania and Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We invite you to visit our website at unitedlutheranseminary.edu. All opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of United Lutheran Seminary or the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America.